You are listening to the Speak Podcast. The podcast featuring talks from Speak, a public speaking platform for people with ideas and stories. Produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Welcome to the Speak Podcast, produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. New episodes available every week on all your favorite podcast platforms. Speak is a public speaking platform for people with ideas and stories. Each Speak Talk features three key moments. The moment of truth, the moment of transformation, and the moment of impact. We host pop-up events all over the world, and now we are bringing our talks to your device. Our speakers are stepping onto the stage and into the spotlight, and now onto this podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the newest episode of the Speak Podcast. I'm your host for today's episode, George Andriopoulos, the architect and one of the co-leaders here at Speak. Our micro theme for today is Think Different. And we're going to share three incredible talks from three of our pop-up events that took place over the last couple of years that all share this incredible common theme. So let's dive right in and get this started. Our first talk from today came from our Speak Neurodiversity event, which took place at the Gene Rimsky Theater at the Landmark on Main in Port Washington, New York. This talk comes from published speaker Kelly Fisher. Throughout her life, Kelly Fisher has faced challenges that shape the person that she is today. From a quiet, introverted girl to a diagnosis of pervasive developmental disorder, depression, and anxiety at 14, and obstacles like anorexia, she pursued higher education fueled by her mother's unwavering support. The fateful day when she met Stella Spinakos, the co-founder of Spectrum Designs, transformed her life, offering acceptance, growth, and promotions. Now she thrives at Spectrum, inspiring others on their neurodiverse journeys and proving that with support, one can achieve anything. Without any further ado, here's Kelly Fisher with her Speak Talk, Embracing Neurodiversity, A Journey of Resilience and Triumph. Throughout my life, I faced numerous challenges that have shaped the person who I am today. Growing up, I was was characterized as shy and quiet, often accompanied by my cousin Lisa, with whom I shared countless adventures with. However, when she moved away, my life took a turn. At the age of 14, I was diagnosed with pervasive developmental disorder, anxiety, and depression. This marked the journey of understanding and managing my mental health. I embarked on a therapeutic journey with help from a psychiatrist and therapy. However, I faced numerous challenges along the way, including several hospitalizations for anorexia and depression. Growing up, I was never received special education, which led me puzzled as to why I didn't fit in. Going away to college, despite the... Despite the... Despite the disbeliefs of my doctors, I pursued higher education, eventually receiving an associate's degree in culinary arts and a bachelor's degree in free service entrepreneurship from Johnson & Wales University, 
thanks to the unwavering support of my mother. Going away to college, I have received the support of a special needs counselor who helped me with any frustrations or struggles I encountered in college. Receiving my driver's license was one of the things that I struggled with in high school because it always ended in frustration. Eventually, I was able to get my driver's license after trying to take my a driver's test multiple times. This achievement marked, this achievement stemmed from my wanting to be more independent and be able to visit home more frequently. Going away to college forced me to be more self-reliant without the constant support of my mother because back in 2007, smartphones weren't a thing. Going away to college, I still struggled with making friends just like I did in middle school and high school. One of the constant things in my life that I loved was the band Hanson. They were my first concert. When the band Hanson was going to perform in my college town and my mother couldn't attend with me, I decided to go to the concert alone and without the support of my mother. To my surprise, I was able to interview the band and I met them for the first time. Going to concerts, I was able to forge many friendships with all different types of people going to concert because we had one common interest and we were able to talk about the same interests for hours. This forged many friendships and it led me to seeing the band Hanson over a hundred times throughout the world and gaining friendships along the way. In my early 20s, I experienced health issues and I was eventually diagnosed with colonic inertia and I needed to have my colon removed. I was unable to work or go to school for a little bit. Another thing regarding my anorexia and body image issues that helped me was going to workout classes. I eventually was going to multiple soul cycle classes a week, which helped my physical and mental health immensely. And I eventually made so many friends from going to classes. At the age of 24, I met my current psychiatrist who helped me understand my autism spectrum disorder and helped me embrace my neurodiversity as a gift. Another thing that I struggled with was job interviews. They um, were very troubling for me and I, they always ended in rejection because of my lack of eye contact. Eventually, at a network event in New York City, I met Stella, one of the co-founders of Spectrum Designs. She introduced me to Spectrum, and for that, I am forever grateful. They welcomed me and accepted me for who I am, and throughout the years, I started out part-time, eventually full-time, and then eventually earning promotions. I love working with other neurodiverse, ability, neurodiverse individuals of varying abilities because I love being a positive inspiration for others. I am living proof that with the constant support and love of people and encouragement of people around you, you can achieve anything you put your mind to. I aim to instill hope in those who are still finding their path and understanding their neurodiversity as a gift. Thank you. That was Kelly Fisher with Embracing Neurodiversity, A Journey of Resilience and Triumph. 
That event, Speak Neurodiversity, was co-produced by the Nicholas Center, where the woman mentioned before, Stella Spinakos, is also the co-founder of that organization. We thank the Nicholas Center for taking part in Speak, and we look forward to many, many co-produced events in the future. Our second talk today comes from published speaker Tony Flores, who spoke at the inaugural Speak pop-up event, which was called Speak Beginnings. That took place November 17th, 2022, at Stage 317 in Farmingdale, New York. Anthony Flores tells the story of how brain training helped him rapidly recover from extreme burnout and a painful relationship ending. In the process, he reveals how ordinary humans can use emerging brain waves like gamma to reach monk levels of meditation, peace, and happiness, even amidst the stress and chaos of everyday life. Here's Tony Flores with his Speak Talk, The New Science of Happiness. What would you do? If you knew that you could be happy now, not tomorrow, not some future date, but truly happy now, regardless of anything happening around you. And I'm not just talking about being a little happier than you are now or <clears throat> happier than others around you. I'm talking about the ability to be ecstatically, almost orgasmically happy from head to toe throughout your body at any moment. Imagine you could do that. What would it do to your life? Would it give you different goals, a different career? Would it change the way that you looked at the world? <clears throat> There's so many possibilities. These are some of the questions I began to ponder as I ended a long and painful relationship in 2016. Back then, I was living in a way that was anything but enlightened. Imagine starting your day with a huge cup of concentrated coffee. Think the equivalent of eight espresso shots, then adding a wakefulness drug and a small dose of Adderall also, you could power throughout the day without food or rest. This is what I was doing each morning, and it was literally deep frying my nervous system. I was constantly behind on work, worried about money, <clears throat> and eager to find the love that I had lost in my relationship. I didn't know it at the time, but there was no way that I could continue to go on like this. I knew that after a long time, I was going to free fall and that I was going to crash and that my entire life was going to collapse if I didn't do something drastic, something dramatic. Thankfully, a light bulb started to go off and I began to search for answers. I knew that there had to be some way. I felt like there must be something beyond survival, something that had to be more, there had to be more to life than this. But then one day I was listening to a podcast and I heard something about something called neurofeedback. Neurofeedback is a therapeutic modality most often used with children who have ADHD. Now, neurofeedback involves putting tiny little electrodes on your scalp and then it reads your brain waves. Now, uh, neurofeedback, the premise of it is that it gives you a reward for producing more of these positive brain waves through chimes and through bell sounds. So what are good or positive brain waves? Well, researchers have found that there are specific brain waves that are directly correlated to states of happiness, joy, and peace. In one, in one example, researchers at the University of Wisconsin studied monks who meditate for 50,000 hours think decades and decades of intense meditation. And they found that these monks produced a very high level of a certain brainwave called gamma, which is directly connected to intense states of bliss and compassion and peace. And in one of the monks that they studied, they even called him the world's happiest man due to the extraordinarily high levels of gamma that he produced. Now, I didn't know any of this when I walked into my first week-long neurofeedback intensive in Sedona, Arizona. All I knew that it was I was unhappy 
exhausted and desperate for help. Within days of training my brain through this technology, I went from suffering to normal. And then days later, I went from normal to experienced monk level. I walked out of there a completely different person. I was no longer addicted to caffeine, wakefulness drugs. My work and income skyrocketed. I healed the pain over my failed relationship, and my life started to take on a truly magical quality. It was amazing. And it, naturally, I only continued to deepen that work after the time. Within a year, I was at the same level. My brain waves were at the same level as the monks who had meditated for 50,000 hours. And the brain scans that they had through the medical technology that they were using actually confirmed it. I was really in that same blissful state. The only difference was I hadn't moved to a monastery. I hadn't given up money, become celibate, or renounced the world in any way. I was just an ordinary person who somehow managed to stumble upon extraordinary levels of joy, peace, and happiness. In the process, I learned something really, really profound. I learned that the age-old cliche that true happiness comes from within is both true, but also not very helpful, mostly because it gives you no biological, no, no insight into the actual biological mechanism that, that actually generates happiness. Think about it. Isn't this the most important question in life? How can we be truly happy? And then the problem is everywhere we look, we seem to get mixed signals. On one hand, the world says, you can't be happy until you have a certain amount of money, an ideal relationship or love, or maybe the achievement of some sort of ambitious goal. Then that's not satisfying. We get into spirituality, and that says none of that matters. Happiness is about connecting to some mysterious element within or to a higher power. And while I think that there's some truth to that, I also intellectually knew that before I crashed, and it didn't help me. For me, it was infinitely more useful to see what I saw in my neurofeedback training, which is namely that happiness is just happiness, bliss, all of those states are just neurological and biological capacities that we all have access to. No different than walking, eating, sleeping, or running. The problem is no one ever teaches us how to use our biology to access those states. So we wander and seek and ultimately suffer in ways we might never need to if we only had an owner's manual into how we can use our biology to access those states. The moment that you learn how to do this, everything begins to change. As I got better and better at this and, and learned how to cultivate and, and control my brainwaves and access these states, people began coming to me and my life started changing in really, really profound ways. One of the ways in which it shifted was I got invited into some very elite circles. Think crypto billionaires, music moguls, Hollywood elite, top Silicon Valley VCs, the list went on and on. Everyone wanted to know the scientific secret to happiness that I had somehow uncovered. And for those who I shared it with and that those who started to do this work, the impact was immeasurable. Many of them were able to access levels of joy that they could never access through their extreme levels of success. My message to them <clears throat> it was always the same message that I have here today. Happiness isn't some mysterious or elusive thing that is way out there. It's actually just a simple, ordinary neurological and biological capacity that we all have access to. It's a capacity that can be trained, relearned, and reaccessed to the point where we can produce it at amazing levels anytime that we want. Once you do that, your entire life changes, which doesn't mean that you walk around blissed out every moment of every day. I certainly didn't. What it gave me 
and what I believe it will give to you is the freedom of knowing that at any given moment, you can turn on this state of happiness through your body and through your biology and literally light up feelings of joy. This is what I can do and I can, light, and I can experience that anytime I want for as long or as short as I want. And if I really wanna close my eyes and go deeper into this state, experience profound states of bliss and forget the world and all the stress and completely reset, then I can do that too. That reorganizes everything, makes life so much easier. I believe the same will be true for you. Because then, once you do that, you get to make choices, not based on the illusion that something outside will give you happiness, but rather based on whether that thing will add to or complement the happiness that you already are able to access within. That makes all the difference in your ability to lovingly impact others and the world. And that's what I want for you. Thank you. That was Tony Flores with his incredible speak talk, The New Science of Happiness. Tony came to us from our channel partner, Trisha Brooke and The Big Talk, and we thank them for this incredible contribution to our platform. Our final speaker for today also came to us from Trisha Brooke and The Big Talk, our incredible channel partners, and her name is Elle O'Flaherty. Published speaker Elle O'Flaherty's talk, Unmasking ADHD, took place at Speak Freedom on July 13th in Belmore, New York. In this heartfelt talk, Elle O'Flaherty takes us on an emotional journey from pretending to fit neurotypical norms to wholeheartedly embracing her ADHD. She discusses the strain of masking and the liberating feeling of ceasing to hide her true self. Despite acknowledging the ongoing stigma, Elle passionately advocates for a compassionate societal shift towards understanding and inclusivity. She invites us to join in creating a world that celebrates neurodiversity and allows everyone to flourish without masking who they truly are. Without any further ado, here's L.O. Flaherty with Unmasking ADHD. There was a time I could sit through an entire meeting, just sit there, frozen, except for my eyeballs, stock still, not paying any attention to the content, just thinking, don't write your grocery list, don't scratch your leg, don't adjust too much in your seat until I stopped pretending, stopped hiding, and stopped masking that I have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or ADHD as we commonly call it. You may know it as that weird kid from third grade who is always wired. You've almost certainly heard it as the butt of jokes everywhere. Masking, for those who are unfamiliar, is changing who we are and how we would naturally act to fit in to societal norms. Many people do this to avoid discrimination. With ADHD, this often looks like changing our behavior to appear neurotypical. It's draining, stressful, and it can lead to mental illness, including anxiety and depression. It can also negatively impact our relationships and our careers. Imagine yourself in that meeting, and all you're thinking is, don't move, don't move, don't move, instead of paying attention to the meeting. So why do we do it? Well, first, and most importantly, because this is how we've been trained. As ADHD children, we've received the message that how we are is not okay. Good kids, sit still, be quiet, and do things how and when everyone else does. 
And if we can't, there's something fundamentally wrong and bad about us. We are Pavlov's dogs, if Pavlov was a real asshole. We also mask out of fear, fear of rejection and the stigma surrounding ADHD. I remember when kids and teachers first started telling me that I was weird. It was 1980s Virginia, and my favorite color was black. I thought it was beautiful. For Mother's Day, I made the most stunning thing I could think of, an entirely black tissue paper flower. Yes. As it turns out, black is not an acceptable color for a tissue paper flower in 1980s Virginia. My teacher called home to inform my mother that I was depressed and very likely psychotic. My mother, completely unfazed, said, nah, she just really likes black. She's ADHD too. Sometimes I just want to sit weird in a chair. We tend to be creative and have lots of energy. So one of the traits of ADHD is that we sit in unique positions. When I began to dive in and learn more things like this about my ADHD and connected with my community, that's when I realized how much I was involuntarily masking. Enough was enough. My energy is too precious to spend it making other people feel comfortable. I gave myself permission to take off my neurotypical mask. It was scary, yes, but it was also liberating. The tension of trying to appear normal lifted. I met the real me for the first time. My relationships also changed. They improved and became more honest. I was able to explain my behavior and ask for support. My husband and my best friends ended up setting up group calendars so I can track all the upcoming events. They even put their birthdays and travel dates in there so I don't have to feel bad that I can't keep all of that in my head. Now, I wish I could tell you that once you unmask, it's a rosy path ahead. Unfortunately, that is not always the case. We live in a society that often fails to understand neurodivergence. However, I've lived that and it's tough, but it's not as tough as having to deny who you really are. It's also not as tough as having to go through your days pretending that you're a different person. Now, we don't have to do this alone. Support from others can be very helpful, including our friends, family, and our communities. That brings me to an important point. What do we do about the discrimination? We challenge it. If we are privileged enough to disclose, we should. We can ask for accommodations and be our own best advocates. But that same support can be invaluable. That brings me to an important point. It's not just about us unmasking our ADHD. It's about the world changing its perception. It's about creating an environment where people are welcomed as they are. 
ADHD is not a curse, and it's not a mark of shame to be hidden. It's a unique way of experiencing the world. It's a part of who we are. I stand here today no longer pretending, no longer hiding, no longer masking, proud of my ADHD. I invite you all to help create a world where no one has to mask, a world that celebrates neurodiversity, a world that celebrates the black roses. Thank you. That was Elle O'Flaherty with Unmasking ADHD. What a powerful talk at our Speak Freedom event. We thank Elle for her contribution to this platform, and we look forward to working with her in the future. That does it for this episode of the Speak Podcast. Join us next week and every week as we bring you three new incredible talks to feature on this podcast platform. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next time. Speak Podcast is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios, executive produced by Fred P. Banning, Jason Martin, and George Andriopoulos. Our theme song, Champions Day, is by Lupus Nocti. Incidental music, Melting Places, is by Andreas Kantu. Music and sound effects licensed through Epidemic Sound. The Speak Podcast is hosted with Podbean. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it. Follow Speak at Speak underscore event on Twitter and at Speak event on all other social media platforms. Visit our website, speakevent.com, for upcoming events, channel partner, sponsorship, and Speak at Work opportunities. And follow all the great podcasts produced by Lunchpad 516 Studios.